Hello and welcome to the Additive Insight Podcast, your source of news, interviews and comments on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence, brought to you by TCT Magazine. I'm your host, Sam Davis, and today I'm bringing you the latest episode of our Innovators on Innovators series. This time, Carl Decker, the president of 3D Printing Service Bureau Metal Flow and past president of AMOG, is joined by William Dallas Martin, a technician at Toyota Motor North America's Tilt Lab. The Toyota Tilt Lab is a makerspace and training facility within the company's production engineering department. And during the episode, Carl and Dallas discuss the use of additive manufacturing inside that facility. They also touch on where AM can be applied in automotive, the materials requirements demanded by the industry, and how education is still among the biggest obstacles in the widespread adoption of the technology. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more additive insight, head on over to tctmagazine.com where you can subscribe to the print edition of TCT Magazine and our weekly additive insight newsletter for free. Well, hey, uh, Dallas, first of all, appreciate you taking the time out to, to kind of goof off with me for a little bit and see what we can do to get some <laughs> get some interesting dialogue here. Um, I know this has been a, a podcast, so uh, we'll probably give some interesting ideas and things uh, with, with what all happens here. But really, uh, if you don't mind, give me a little bit of a, a, a rundown on your role at Toyota. Okay, so I work in production engineering, uh, which we don't design the car. Um, we don't uh, do any design. We don't do any napkin sketches. We actually fac- facilitate the tools and processes on how to build the car. Um, so I work in, in uh, PMC, which is the Production Engineering uh, Manufacturing Center, and it is our headquarters in Georgetown, Kentucky. And I work in the Tilt Lab, um, which is a maker space and training center for the engineers inside of Toyota's uh, engineering department. Well, that's that's one of those you mentioned the tilt lab, and every time I think of it, I always think of the 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 old pinball games when tilt was not what you wanted to see. But <laughs> yeah, you're not quite yeah. not quite in that capacity there. So, so, but, so I uh, will tell you, it, it's not an acronym. Um, <laughs> it it just stands for tilting your perspective, just like the uh, RCA dog that has his his head tilted. It's uh, trying to take a problem or a uh, you know, a, uh, a road, uh, I call it a roadblock or a snag and tilting your head and looking at it of a different perspective and trying to, to work around it. Yeah, that's, uh, it's amazing how that can be a solution to quite a number of different variables. Uh, I've, I've always told a lot of my team, hey, if you can't find the solution in, in 30 seconds or a minute, step away from it and come back afterwards. Yep. So, um, and Amazing how many times it works. So yeah, I can see why you why you use that approach, and that that totally makes sense. Um, can you share a little bit about what uh, what brought you here? I mean, what what got you into all this stuff? Uh, I mean, it's I guess nowadays additives a little bit more uh, visible to everybody in three D printing and all that. But you've been in it for a little while, so um, yeah, I've been in and or on and off in additive for about twenty two years. Um, uh, I worked at JCI before this at, at you know, uh, Fuji Auto Tech, which was a a uh, subsidiary of JCI. They bought them out, kind of. 
Um, and I did additive there, and I was also like a group lead, team lead, um, basically everything under the under the sun. And uh, I just happened to have a friend that actually worked at Toyota, um, Nathan Townsend, and uh, he showed me a machine list and and kind of told me about the Tilt Lab and said, I think you'd be a really really good fit here. And uh, you know, when I started here, it was one machine. We're up to eleven now in this little small facility, um, and you know, and we keep growing it, and we have plans to expand it even more. Um, but yeah, it, 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 uh, I just kind of, you know, I didn't think I was going to get here and Nathan said, just put it, put a, you know, <laughs> submit your resume. Uh, we'll see what we can do. And I got an interview and, and, uh, that was six years ago and here I am. And, um, now, you know, they put me in charge of running the additive side. So I, I'm, uh, pretty blessed, I guess I would say. Yeah. Kind of that infamous did something right. Not too sure yeah. what it was, but <laughs> exactly. So. Well, um, no, that's that's cool and exciting. I mean, it's it's amazing. You hear a lot of people with uh, experience from a variety of backgrounds, but uh, being able to take that and really move it into something is is cool because uh, you get to you get to make something amazing happen. So, uh, exactly. um, let let me ask, how do you uh, how do you feel about the the commitment and support that you're you're getting there? Um, it sounds like they're they've helped you a little bit with the list of equipment and things. Uh, what what are some of the things you're seeing? It, it, obviously, a lot of places are embracing additive and and trying to see what they can do to to take advantage of it. It sounds like you're getting that type of support. What can you What can you share on that? Uh, so it it's been uh, it's been a slippery slope um, <laughs> and a hard push for a little bit um, because you know additive uh, fits in so many places and it's it's not the first thing people think of. They they you know a lot of times people say, oh, we'll just use this huge hammer. To, to do this problem and they don't realize that they have something right in front of them that could obviously solve it quicker. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it took a while to get here. And then as it started catching on and we started seeing the relevance of additive in the manufacturing space, um, management from the top all the way down has started to uh, embrace it and start into, you know, they're starting to support us 100%. So I, I think it's a, a really good uh, kind of a good story of how additive kind of, came in and wasn't greeted with warm and fuzzy. And then, you know, as it was proved and, and people started adopting it and seeing what it could do, you know, they started realizing. Well, you, you mentioned the, uh, the, the push uh, and, and the pull. And I've, I've, I've heard a lot of times people mentioning that tipping point. Um, you, you know, everybody who's been dealing with that for, for years like you and I have um, has kind of been pushing a string if you will, and you get a couple of things out there and all of a sudden there's a lot of excitement. So there's this, this, how far are you pushing and when do they start pulling it? Uh, how do you feel you guys are with that, with that tipping point? Have they turned it into a pole and now you're, I, now you're being pulled in every different direction? Yeah, I, I think uh, we're right now, we're, we're, uh, where that seesaw kind of sits in the neutral space. Um, I think we're kind of both pushing at each other. So I think, I think we're, our forces are opposing each other now. Um, so it's, it's actually good. I think they're on the same page as we are and they realize the power that additive, you know, can bring into the production environment. Um, so I, I think, like I said, we're just, we're just kind of pushing on each other right now. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool because, uh, yeah, now you've got, obviously the perspective and the understanding side of it and not everybody's perspective is an accurate understanding, <laughs> but um, you have a lot of additive in uh, the tilt lab and stuff there. 
uh, is it just additive? Are there additional services, or what are the what are the things you do for for your clients that uh, really help pull it all together? Can you elaborate on that? So, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's a makerspace. So, uh, part of being a makerspace is um, we let engineers actually come down for one thing and kind of play on the equipment, some of the equipment, um, and then. We also have, like I said, we have a water jet. Um, we have uh, CNC machining in the back. We have uh, vinyl printers, laser uh, cutter and printer, laser etcher. Um, so we have a, a wide variety of tools. And um, part of that is, is teaching them how to use additive and other types of traditional machining and, and uh, methods of production and, and putting them together. Because not everything can be additively printed um, or, you know, additively uh, manufactured. <laughs> it should be exactly yeah but but sometimes you have to do that hybrid you have to do traditional with additive to step into that area and um i think it kind of warms people up so yeah we we uh answer your question in full we do a lot of uh design work um we do a lot of planning um and we do a lot of uh of additive in general we're, we're supporting the whole production manufacturing right now um we're like the only group um in manufacturing that has you know our capabilities um ttc up north they do like the design side and they have a lot more te um, technologies than we do in our in our building um, but i'm starting to level up to get more technology so i can support uh, production engineering to the fullest and support toyota overall well it's it's interesting you mentioned the makerspace there because it's it's interesting how obviously you've got a lot of years you've seen a lot of different things uh do different stuff same here uh but it's really always difficult to get the the end user the 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 person who's applying it to truly embrace and and pick up on some of that knowledge um so it's it's interesting you're using all the different tools in the toolbox to uh to give them a good solution but giving them the opportunity to actually see how to apply everything and some guidance on that. So um, where do you see AM getting applied uh, uh, predominantly and where are some of the areas you see it uh, uh, moving towards? Um, so production engineering, we do a lot of jigs, fixtures, um, and prototyping. Um, uh, but I see it being I see it being used in, in different varieties of stuff, uh, maybe like Monty Hans um, for robots and, and defectors. Um, I see it starting to push that way. Um, and then a lot of stuff we're using for prototype, but pre-production of fixtures and jigs. Like, so actually making the parts before they're even uh, sheet metals available. So we'll actually print the part and use it. Um, and everybody can say that's a prototype, but it is and it isn't. It's kind of neat because it's, uh, it, it's actually data that's going to be used on the car. So to get our jigs ahead, we're, we're saving uh, major lead times. So it's, it's, um, it's helping us out tremendously there. Well, you, you probably got things that have a, quite a variety of different sizes, depending on which piece it's working with, where it's interacting. I mean, let's face it, a vehicle isn't exactly something you hold in the palm of your hand. Um, what do you, what do you see as some of the, the biggest challenges on how people are addressing these, getting them in there? Um, from either a technology limitation standpoint and interpretation of how to use the technology, um, what what are some of these these challenges and hurdles that that uh, that you're kind of seeing or expect 
people to uh, uh, to be able to to take and move forward with. Uh, the biggest, really, the biggest challenge is uh, the validation of material. Um, mm-hmm. That's what's kind of holding it up going into the uh, product or the vehicle side. I know a lot of OEMs are putting stuff in vehicles, but there's really no set standard or guidebook or playbook. We all know how steel reacts and aluminum reacts and and we know kind of what we're going to get out of that, but there's no recipe for all these different technologies that we have to show um, if we use this material, is it safe? Is it going to pass crash testing? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's our biggest hurdle right now. Yeah, no, I mean, materials, I guess, uh, I guess you think back to the original days of SLA and you, you, you used the material <laughs> that actually worked with the laser, not, yeah. not what was the, <laughs> the end thing you could do. So, um, but yeah, we've, we moved from rapid prototyping towards additive manufacturing and some of this stuff. So uh, that, that is very intriguing. Uh, what do you see from um, people having misinterpretations of what to expect? Is that misinterpretations because they they maybe been sold something uh maybe they just don't understand or they want it to be or is this something that that is potentially uh, something that can be overcome by the material side um, um what would it take to correct that i i think my biggest i see the biggest gap with uh people um misinterpreting is they'll want you to print something and it's it's DFAM, Design for Additive Manufacturing. Um, most people, when they bring you something, um, you know, they design it as a traditional part made in aluminum. Um, there's that disconnect of how to design or how to get the most out of the material. Um, and I, I don't think that's going to be an easy book to write. Um, I know there's DFAM classes and, and, and there's ways to design for additive. We've done it for years. But I don't think there's no clear-cut way to step right into that and take off. And I think that's a big barrier. It's basically the lack of education in the industry uh, as we turn this corner um, to where we're going into additive um, more than we are machining. Um, I, I see. I see. You're always going to need machining and post-processing, but I, I see additive kind of um, taking that corner and taking that lead and and kind of pushing itself into where machining once was was the you know leader. Well, that's that's interesting. You mentioned the the secondary processes. Those are those are definitely areas that that have a lot of ability to impact and improve. But uh, just looking at the the raw state of the initial parts coming off of additive, um, do you see it as the uh, you know material properties that aren't uniform? Do you see it as uh, uh, are the applications adapting and working with these? Um, or is it people are looking at it thinking that, hey, it's just like injection molding or just like a die casting or something. You've got standard known properties and they can take that as as something that's uh, that's isotropic, uh, whereas many times it's not. Um, I, yeah, I see a lot of that. I do see I do see a lot of people that uh, they do compare. Um you know, the parts like the old, well, if I injection mold this, this is going to look perfect. And this is not, nah, I can see layer lines and stuff in it. And that's, I think something that the industry is going to have to overcome. I, I think as we move into this, um, it's something we're going to have to get used to seeing. Well, and, uh, I've seen some glimmer of hope in that area on a couple of occasions, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. A, a lot of those people are ones who've, who've had more experience like you and I have. 
Um, and yeah, it's we're getting a lot of people that are that are educated about, but not necessarily in depth on it. Um, if uh, if you could have improvements in materials, what would they be? Ooh, uh, <laughs> this is a loaded question. Uh, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, I I think uh, I think with uh, materials, heat is always a big one. Um, it's just resin mm. resin's not been able to withstand what steel or aluminum mm. has um, close to it. But um, I think heat, and then uh, obviously always strength. Uh, the search for more stronger materials is always a a um, a huge huge undertaking so um i I would always you know encourage the oems and and material makers to uh always try to go out for those stronger materials it helps out tremendously and 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 find that balance um because sometimes you'll get a material that's super strong but it has no heat deflection or it has high heat deflection but it can it it's brittle so mm. it, you know, it's yeah. it, it's it, it's a trade-off, but yeah, that's so, kind of on my wish list. So you're saying you don't want a material that's going to shatter and break on you? No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy expectations! Wow. I know. <laughs> do you do you think that's something that that is really uh, is is this a core focus uh, of material manufacturers? Is this possibly a, a limitation because of the means of manufacturing? Um, or, you know, I mean, uh, I'm not trying to say anything bad about the OEMs, but if they've got enough demand, why do they need to try and dump a bunch of money into developing something that, that they already can't meet capacity on? Um, is this something that maybe the expectations aren't done with the, uh, with the client expectations? Or is this something that the OEMs either might have a technological barrier to overcome? Uh, what What are your thoughts on some of those things? I, that's a good question. Um, I think it's a little bit of, of both. Uh, I think there's a technical barrier, and I think it's that that I, that law of despair where they they're comfortable selling what they have now. Uh, but I have I have seen glimmer, as you called it earlier, in that department. Um, I do work a lot with uh, Stratasys, and they are opening up their material library, something I, I never thought I'd see Stratasys do. Um, and they're even talking about helping you validate a new material. Um, and, and, you know, I think that reason is because we all know, I mean, we've been in it a long time, materials kind of drive the industry. Um, <laughs> unless it's, unless it's uh, speed. And being able to produce that part really fast, like if some new technology of a printer comes out and it's it's like light years ahead and, and you know, it has features we've never seen, it's really material pushing out ahead of ahead of the game. So I think I think it's a two a twofold on that. Like I think I think they do get in that law of dis, law of despair, like I said, like that trough of like, ah, we're you know, we're we're good where we sit. Um and then I think like you said earlier, it, it's just it's just a little bit of the uh the technology technology side and keeping up with the demand. I think I think that's a a big problem. Yeah, no, I I can completely agree with you on both of those. Um, so I've I've seen some people try to approach it from utilizing the design to try and change and and meet performance criteria. I'm guessing you probably got a lot of applications that you really can't change much on the design. 
um, you're you're kind of confined to the constraints of of the application. Um, what do you what do you see as as some of those? Uh, in other words, are there are there areas where these materials can be applied that uh, might just take a different mindset or, like you said, a, a different perspective, a tilted view? Um, oh. Or are these these things that you know they're just not going to get over it, and um, we're going to have to look at a, a, a technology advancement? Um, I, I, that's a that's a good question too. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I, I think it's a little bit of both on that one too. I think um, I, I think half of that is is people actually tilting their perspective and looking at the materials in a different way. Um, there's been so many times people have come in and said, "I need this built," and uh, you know we just we're like, "Okay," and 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 a good thing to do is to understand what you're going to use it for, obviously. So we, we ask them a, a whole diatribe of questions and they, they kind of look at me like, is that all you need? And I'm like, well, I, I want to fit the best material possible for you. And I think that disconnect of like, like you said, tilting their perspective and saying, Hey, I might be able to use this flexible material and build a part that bolts onto this, you know, stiff material and make this happen. So uh, that, and then going back to what you said, um, maybe technology. I think, I think maybe we might have to wait um, on some things. I think, I think we are right now, it is an amazing time to be alive. Um, mm -hmm. We are pushing the edge of technology with some of these printers um, and yeah. some of these materials that we have. And I, I, it's like I said, it's an amazing time. Uh, you've been in it is almost probably longer, <laughs> just as long as I have. And I remember the first SLE machines. I remember the first FTM printers. And, you know, you printed a block and you were like, this is amazing. <laughs> and you, we would never think that we were going to print something that was, uh, you know, a, a spear or a, a flexible part or a clear part, even a clear translucent part that had a, a really great surface finish on it because that was the early days. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. so. Well, you were you were just hoping that the, that the block was actually square. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, most of the time it wasn't a block. It was a blob. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, those were good days. Yeah, they were good. We learned a lot. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it, I kind of feel like uh, Oregon Trail. Like, we're those, we're those guys. And we're, we're not even we're not even the pioneers in it. But we're those that have been in it a long time, you know, we kind of crossed that, that trail. And, we, you know, we lost a wagon wheel and we lost a cow mm -hmm. and had to bury a you know family member along the way but um it, it just feels like that sometimes and to get where we are now is an amazing time but i think we're kind of at that same spot again to where technology has we're kind of pushing into it and that barrier of like we, we need to push for more technology and i, I think it's coming but I, I just think that uh with this next generation uh of, of uh, kids and and um you know, additive uh, members that we're getting all the time that come into the community, I think we're going to get there. I think we'll, we'll eventually see. We'll probably be in rocking chairs on a porch somewhere um, <laughs> talking about how cool I'm it okay used with to be. That. Yeah. Yeah. Can, I, can I get a bourbon to go there? Go with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, uh, the next generation, uh, um, I've, I've seen a lot of different uh, – uh, university programs collegiate activities and things like that um and i think it's really becoming a big challenge for for educating them because when you were doing education via forming technologies and uh, injection molding whatever um there was kind of one set parameter 
but now you're throwing in a whole nother collection of you're not subtractive or forming your additive. Uh, now we have to teach them all the same things within the same time frame. So there's going to be a lack of depth. Uh, hopefully that can get managed and we can get expectations right. Um, I mean, if you want to throw anything on the uh, the education side, please do. Uh, that's that's always intriguing to hear how some of that goes. Um, but I I will throw out a question here because I'm I'm just kind of curious on it. Uh, okay. You mentioned jigs, fixtures, a lot of the low hanging fruit and things like that that we've seen. What's what would it take to get the uh, the material into a vehicle? So that would be that's a besides a, that's besides a crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, other OEMs are doing it, um, but I, I just, in my opinion, to see it go into a car, um, I would, I would have to see more validation in the materials, um, and then also uh, validation in the the process build. So, like, you know, you print a part, yeah, you can print a serial number on it, but there's really, if you think about how we print now, there's not a tracking system in printed parts. So you print a part today, unless you or I go into Magics or Materialize or Geomagics or whatever you're using and actually put a serial number and stamp it or mark it in some way. So um, traceability is, is a big problem. And uh, I I see that being a huge red block um, to put it in a car because, you know, obviously if you ever taking your car to the dealership, they're like, yeah, this failed. You know, sometimes or, or you're taking a warranty item back in. A lot of times those warranty items come back to the OEM and yeah. um, they'll look at them and see why it failed and how it failed. And, and they'll start checking and doing field field tests and other stuff just to see if maybe this is an issue. Um, and and I don't know how we're going to do that in the future with additive. I, I really don't know. There's got to be a, a I think the material companies and the OEMs and, and us as a community are going to have to come together. To try to validate some of these materials and and have traceability during the build process and after the build. Well, and you even mentioned it that that there are some uh, uh, automotive OEMs that are putting some parts in in cars, but uh, you guys don't exactly do a lot of low volume cars. Um, I think it's Toyota. Yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> what so one of the largest manufacturers in the world. Um, We've got cars that are lasting 10 plus years now on the average, and you got warranties that are going upwards of 10 years. Um, I look back and I look at some of the materials that we're using, and some of them aren't even 10 years old. Um, how yeah. does that play into a, a factor? Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying I, to ping you with ping you with a couple of weird ones here. <laughs> so that's so. yeah, that's fine. I'm not really on that side, to be honest with you. Um See, like I said, I stick to the manufacturing side. Um, that would probably be a question for design or, or on the vehicle side of things. I'm not really previewed to that knowledge. We have a, a quality group here that handles all that, and they keep data. And it is amazing, like you said, cars. Um, it is amazing to see uh, being inside an OEM and seeing how um, diligent they are at tracking quality and um, mm -hmm. just any issues customers uh, have or anything that may arise. Um the object is obviously to build the perfect car. Let's face mm -hmm. it, things happen, life happens. Um, yeah. And 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 sometimes it's not even the fault, you know, of the customer or or the OEM. It might be an act of God or act of, um, you know, uh, 
somebody driving and spilling their coffee on their lap and rending you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, um, I, I sure hope your, it's not backup that. sensor's not the work or something, you know. Um, well, I, I hope it's not that rocking chair that we're going to be sitting in having a bourbon. Well, <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that question is probably uh, something I, I'm not the best to answer that. Well, and I'm, again, I'm not saying we're going to get answers to all these. Some of these may literally take uh, decades before we're going to see it happen, but uh, it's just exactly a, right. It's yeah, it's just kind of a curious thing that you've got warranties on vehicles that last longer than some of the materials have been out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> and they don't even know what they're going to do. That's 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 the whole problem. Like the validation of of like because obviously you build a car and you put a panel in. They do salt tests and mm-hmm. uh, and you know environmental tests on on panels and and materials and stuff and they see how they age and and they UVM uh, UV tests and and everything to them and we don't even know if some of these parts like you said these materials that are in these cars are been tested to that extent I mean I hope they are um, yeah. I hope these other OEMs that are putting stuff in there um, but I think before we start going down that road all of us OEMs I think. Um, have the responsibility before we go down that road to validate um, the materials. And, you know, um, that's a big topic uh, in my group um, here, you know, here at the Tilt Lab, we, we talk about that a lot. Like, you know, how do you validate? And it is a question we, we yeah. talk oh, about quite a bit. Even even validating the, the, the process to, to produce it. Yeah, no, yeah, it, exactly. It, it's a it's an intriguing intriguing question. I always like to to try and discuss because it, it's amazing. It it opens up a lot of different Pandora's box, if you will. You know, since we're kind of talking about future and dreaming and things like that, um, if there was something that could be improved in the applications, um, what would that be? Ah, uh, see. <laughs> I would like to see, so there's a lot of things. I, I could take an application, GS applications, but uh, honestly, the machines, they come in and they're beautiful. And they have all these cool panels on them and they look like a spaceship. Um, but you and I know, you've been in many manufacturing <laughs> facilities. When you take that on a manufacturing floor, I mean, it, it becomes it becomes dirty quickly. It It's in mm-hmm. the way. Uh, so if you're trying to work on a, a machine fast and get material out of it fast or do something, you've got this plastic door that may shut or may not shut. Um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's, I would love for the industry to step back and say, let's make a raw, like true industrial machine. Not that the, the reliability is not there on some of these machines, but just like, it doesn't have to look like a Porsche or a Ferrari or or a spaceship or, or a, uh, mm-hmm. LFA or, you know, um, or a Lexus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nice. uh, I got to throw that in there. You know? hey, yeah, um, yeah. Those so, are nice. <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't have to be that. I, I wish they would dial it back and say, Hey, these are going to a research facility and these got to be pretty. Here you go. And these are going into a manufacturing line and these never have to, uh, they'll they'll probably never clean them the outside that it'll be eight inches of dust layering on it so we should build it this way um i i think if the oems would listen to that it would be you know amazing because we're trying we're we're doing a a turning point where robotics is coming into hand and Mm -hmm. uh artificial intelligence and and you got amrs carrying cars now and 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 pallets and stuff running around picking stuff up 
and it's all autonomous. So it's not, there's not like me or you riding around changing material. And a mm-hmm. lot of these manufacturers and OEMs have never thought about that. Like as we go into the future, you know, and people want to have 400 of these, they're not going to hire 400 Carls or 400 Dallas's or a hundred Dallas's mm-hmm. and a hundred Carls. Yeah. They're going to have one Carl and one Dallas sitting in the rocking chairs on the front porch and making sure the robots are running in the back, attending to the machines. So I don't think the OEMs that I, I know it's kind of spewed off because of applications and other stuff, but, no, but um, that's kind of what I would like to see. But you're, I mean, that is in essence, yeah, the, no, the, I, the ultimate is. application. It is. You, but you Yeah. Know. Having these sitting literally right next to a production line and one day or one part gets turned out and it's this one, the next part gets turned out and it's that one. And yep. it could be that all of them going, maybe it builds an entire kit of parts for, for a car. Um, but yeah, then you've got all these technologies coming together and uh, synergizing to to get the right part at the right time to exactly. to give a cool cool end product to make to make that that really nice Lexus. So <laughs> exactly. Um, now uh, um, I I love what you're talking about there because I've uh, I've seen a number of machines and it's like wait a second we know that there's contaminants that get into these things but what has been done to to protect the machine and its repeatability and reliability. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with you on how, how we could really advance some things if, if we had all that stuff taken into account by the manufacturers and uh, maybe someday with it. What, what do you see as obstacles for further adoption uh, and proliferation of AM? Um, and when I say that, I'm saying, you know, materials, we touched a little bit on systems. Oh, what about even consumers of them? Is, are, are we talking that everybody needs one in their garage or their their basement or something, or is it is it really going to be driven by what we were just touching on? You know, you've got a plethora of machines sitting right alongside a production line, and they turn out the parts and they go into the machine and or, or into the end product and and go there. What do you what do you see as those obstacles? And I know I, I threw a lot at you there, so that's okay. Um... I, I think, again, the obstacles is um, the education. Um, mm. I, I know when I went to high school and when I was in middle and high school, I mean, we had manufacturing classes and we kind of learned, you know, AutoCAD. and oh, I wasn't called AutoCAD then. It was CAD. They called it CAD. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, you know, and some kids called it stick growling. Um, yeah. But it that is not relevant today we've kind of taken those skills away from kids and i think we teach them well mm-hmm. i just don't think that we add that extra that stem um yeah. or steam you know or steam yeah. yeah um i don't think we add that into the classrooms and i think uh it really uh i think it is going to be hard to push this into every household um because it, it, the kids are getting smarter don't don't get me wrong um, but I, I think without that added education um, and schools taking that, you know, under their belts and starting to teach and hire people that are fluent and additive to teach these kids um, at a young age, because for me, it was the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I used to watch the Jetsons, um, you know, uh, George Jetson would go over to this machine and he would push a button and it would make something for him. And, you know, I was a kid and then, you know, it kind of dates me, too. But I was a kid. <laughs> And uh, and then, you know, I, as I got older and 3D printing started becoming more uh, prevalent in the, you know, uh, world, I was like, wow, 
that's the box that George Jetson walked over and pushed a button that made it. This is so cool. And that's kind of when I fell in love with additive is when I was a kid, you know, and I seen that the possibilities, the realm of possibilities that it could have. And then when I started actually working in it and doing it, and I was like, man, this is amazing. Um, But I think that's the biggest, biggest uh, hurdle is is the education of the next generation coming up. Um, If we start to teach them and, and see the applications they can put it in, I think additive I mean, it's already big now and it's already a huge uh, word right now. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a buzzword anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be a buzzword, you know, Um, it's actually a reality now. So I I think that's the biggest hurdle. So, so back when Leroy uh, was, was sitting there and uh, playing with the dog. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So um, no, I, I, I could not agree with you more on that because the education is, is definitely a challenge getting people to understand the right thing. And, uh, uh I, I think it's kind of weird because you and I were pr- pretty much using heavy duty and larger industrial scale things. Now, again, that's not to say that you can't complement them with some smaller low cost systems. Um, but I see a lot of educational areas, not that many of them really have the high end stuff. So are we are we shortchanging the 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 kids and the whole system by not giving them exposure to the the full gamut of what's available? Um, is I believe so. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope they're giving all the the additional info out there so that uh, so that at least kids come out and they're um, they're educated and say, yeah, well, uh, I want this piece because I want it off of that machine because I know that it's going to do better than this. Um, but do you think that's going to take applications, successful implementation of the technology, or is is that really something that uh, uh, that can be addressed through through education, or is that on the job education? How are uh, you I guys seeing that? Um, so we we have uh, in the tilt lab we do a lot of school tours, um, and okay. it's always cool. it's always really cool to see um, the young kids come in and light up and. You know, you walk them by, uh, you know, for example, a big F900 machine, and and they see this huge printer printing stuff. And, you know, the 900 is crazy anyway. It's a 298-pound, uh, you know, bridge. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, slamming down on FDM parts. And these kids are like, man, this thing's amazing. How much does this cost? And then you tell them, like, this is a half a million-dollar printer. And they're like, holy cow, I could buy two Ferraris for that. Or I could buy two – I could buy a house in a in a – a vacation house and and they it just it you know you hooked them right there you hook, you just you just hooked them and and it's a neat feeling and i think it starts there i think i think if we uh we engage the kids at a younger age um it's going to build our future i mean because they're the next generation that's going to carry like i said when we're in that rocking chair talking mm-hmm. about how good we used to have an additive i think they're going <laughs> to carry that torch on um and, and I, I see that being, I see, I'm, I'm real big on that. Um, I see that being one of the biggest things at Toyota. And then uh, sometimes even in the college world, um, as they get into college, you know, an engineer, they see 3D printing. They may have a lab at college, but I think it needs to be mainstream. I think every college class should have an industrial printer and, and a small printer. Because I, I find some very, um, very good teaching points when you have to run like an ender 
Ender Pro or you got a or an XYZ um, Da Vinci. I had one of those. Um, and you got to take a sheet of paper to level it, and you're out there mm-hmm. playing with it, and you're putting shims in it to square it up, and you're like, oh, I better go in the garage, get a piece of wood, and snap it off, and stick it in here. <laughs> and, and then you're like, wow, look how good that printed. And there's a lot of learning that happens there. And so I think, I think on both sides, like you said, I think if if we did some industrial machines and then some some basic hobby machines, I think it would be um, amazing because I think this next generation is going to carry it. And I, I get excited. Um, I know you were past president of AMUG, but when you were president of AMUG, mm-hmm. I got excited <laughs> to see that young generation uh, walking through. Like, you know, we're, we're oh, old, yeah. so we walk through and we're, we're worried about, you know, if we're going to get to bed on time and these kids are running <laughs> around, you know, because we've got, we've got things to do. These I don't young think kids I did. Are, no, I don't think I did either, but um, yeah. <laughs> many nights, I think, I think you remember that. Any um, night. Yeah, yeah, any night, but yeah. it's just amazing to see these kids going up down the steps um, oh, yeah. and yeah. just the excitement in their eyes, and it's like, man, I remember when I had that, and I still have that excitement, but I remember when I had that excitement for additive, and I think, to answer your question, I think that's what's going to change it, and that's what's going to fix it. Wow. No, that's that's cool. And I mean, you mentioned AMUG there, and I'm a big proponent, uh, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, getting some of these forums where we can actually get people together uh, so yeah. that they can actually talk and share things, just like you and I are doing right now. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully people hear this and be like, hey, wow, we need to do whatever. And and now you, you get some whole new ideas. Uh, I mean, just some of the things we've seen out there with with hybrid systems add to some some cool scenarios to really open yep. up the ideas of where is it going to go um so yeah a lot of cool stuff and I, I couldn't agree more with you about the the kids being being the real ones to to take that torch and and carry it on so um yeah no i i, I really appreciate it and a lot of great a lot of great dialogue and comments and questions here um so it looks like we've got some some challenges with uh, with getting management to fully support and, and keep things moving, but uh, some materials to to kind of validate, get get some definition on some processing scenarios. Um, still looking to see George Jetson uh, <laughs> be able to come and, and hit that printer. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, that's going to be Rosie. Rosie's going to be printing the printer. Yep. Remember, <laughs> as long yeah. as they build it. As long as they build it good enough to, you know, so that Rosie can access it. Like she don't have fingers like me or you. So, yeah, <laughs> no, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, uh, no, I really, really appreciate that. Um, let me, let me ask, uh, we, we probably got a few more minutes here. So um, what are, what are some of the things you see uh, uh, moving forward? What are some of the last comments or things you'd like to throw into here to try and uh, uh, share with, with anybody who gets to, gets to actually listen this far into it (laughs) well if they get this far into it um and they're not already they're either probably involved with additive or have heard of it um the first thing i'd like to say is get your kid a printer get yourself a printer um Mm. and get involved get involved with rapid uh you know tct get involved with amug um get involved with you know any any kind of uh even even something like boy scouts or uh, some kind of clubs around here and, and maker spaces and try to push the technology and, and learn the technology so that um, it continues on. Um, I'd really like to, you know, uh, it's an industry that I, I absolutely love. Um, it doesn't feel like a job sometimes. 
No, so, which is which is really cool. It makes it easy to put in a a ten hour day and not not feel destroyed by the time you go home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I can't count how many times I've seen you do that. <laughs> yeah, so. me or you. So yeah, yeah. No, it's always good. And again, it's it's always a pleasure to be able to get a chance to kick back and 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 chat with uh with friends like you and and be able to you know share some of these point counterpoint type things and uh, you know i i don't want to say validate or invalidate commentary but sometimes that is what it is uh but yeah it's 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 nice to get that dialogue that kind of goes back and forth and uh either validates or reassesses and realigns the the interpretation of where we're at so no, I really appreciate you you being able to to come spend some time with me and uh, uh, get a little chat time. Uh, Anytime. So I look forward to doing it again, uh, preferably before the rocking chairs, <laughs> but that's not that well, we couldn't oh, include yeah. them. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we uh, we will definitely get together before then. Yes, yes. So awesome. No, I, uh, again, really appreciate it. Any last comments or things you want to make? Uh, uh, I'd like to. I'd like to at least thank TCT for for helping us pull this together and make it happen. I hope that, uh, again, we get to share it with a lot of people. So uh, I love your comments and, and opinions and things. So I think they're very valuable and insightful for uh, uh, for others to hear. Any, any things to add to that? I would just like to thank uh, TCT also. And uh, thank you guys for having me here. Um, and then uh, I'm always uh, always open if you guys got anything you guys ever want to ask or any, any future questions. Uh, dialogue because uh, this has been fun yeah well be careful because you know that uh somebody's gonna hear that <laughs> so 